ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week we'll be going into darkness with the next Star Trek movie. And to join me on this dark and dismal journey is returning Khan. I mean, Alex Stoyhe. Oh man, normally I get a good guy, <laughs> I'm a bad guy. Well, I mean, is he is he bad? But if I'm going to be a bad guy or if I'm going to be a, a you know, controversial guy, I I want to be Khan. I want or Benedict Cumberbatch either. Either or. <laughs> he's going to be Benedict Cumberbatch. He has such an amazing voice. He's the guy, like the best voice ever. Yeah. He's got a great voice. I, I like listening to him talk, especially when it's in Sherlock. Yeah. And he's just I mean, have you watched Sherlock? Yes. That's, it's excellent. That's yeah. a great show. But anyway, what have you been entertained by recently because it's been a while? In a while. It's been, it, it, it has. I feel like we haven't even... I mean, there's so much, uh, you know, going on. I've constantly been on the go lately. The... Don't say it. The Pokemon, Pokemon Go! go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's uh, outside of, you know, crazy life. That's been the only thing in my life that I've been, uh, you know, using my uh, personal time. So it's funny because the first time we really last week's episode we talked to Mo and he was like super hard into Pokemon Go. He was like level oh, ten. Oh my god. And it had just come out like a day or two before that. I'm level ten. I'm level ten right now. That's crazy. <sighs> you guys. It's um the augmented reality games are taking off. I think there's a, a need for them in the market. I think Pokemon was a perfect nostalgia franchise to kind of attack. Mm-hmm. And we're we're about to see a lot of copycats. Oh yeah, for there. sure. Um, but th- we need to determine a way to reach a bigger audience than just a Pokemon, because some people are like strongly against Pokemon or they think it's immature, um, and we need to be able to do it in a safe way. I think safety right? is a pretty. Crazy I, thing I keep right reading now. about like apparently some a uh, couple guys fell off a cliff uh-huh. because they weren't paying attention. How, how, people pay attention how, to your surroundings. How do you fall off a cliff? I don't understand. I don't either. Like, and I saw a sign on but the But people cross the roads without any consideration. That's true. I've seen that. Yeah. I, I, I saw a sign on the back when I was driving up to Chicago past weekend. I saw a sign on the back of a car. You were in Chicago? I was in Chicago, too. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Were you eating Monday. at Carabas? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I was doing there. Um, so I saw a sign on the back of someone's car that had the Pokemon Go sign and logo and then right above it, it says, this vehicle makes frequent stops. And I'm thinking, please don't stop in the middle of the highway. Because that's how another accident started. Right. That we have read about or seen about on the news. It's just, people abuse it, I think. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little out of hand. It. I feel like it needs to be more notification-based. Or you go to one of the stops or the locations and sit down and Take play. Take it off of a road. Exactly. For sure. Like- exactly. Uh, rather than you having to look at your phone the entire time, mm-hmm. you know. But it is so. I've I've been playing a little bit too, really? and you can, you can have the sound effects and the the vibration on yep. there. So if you go on a walk, like let's say yesterday, I took my dogs on a walk, mm-hmm. and I just put it in my pocket, you know, just to to yep. see what happened, and I heard a little ring sign or whatever it is, right? And I was like, look at my phone, like, oh hey, there's something there. So I caught the it real quick. Best noise ever. Okay. I don't know if it's the best noise ever. <laughs> so good. Yes, that. if you if you go into your settings and you turn the battery saver on. You can have it out. You see your character walking around in the in the real world, and you turn your phone upside down. It'll shut the screen partially off. You see a little faint Pokemon Go logo, but your phone will vibrate mm-hmm. and stay on as long as your lock screen will allow right. or your screen timeout. And um, 
that's I think the safest way to do it, mm-hmm. especially if you already know what Pokestop or you know gym you're on your way to. Um, Google Maps also has an API integration now where you can actually map out all of the Pokestops, all of the gyms, and you can even toggle them off. So you can even plan out where you're going to go beforehand, locations that have multiple I haven't stops. Even, I haven't even gotten that far yet. All I know is like where if I drive around, I see, or not drive around, at a, let's say I went to like Lowe's, you know, yes. down in East Peoria, down yep. by the riverfront. So I went down there. I was like, let's see what's around here. And then on the riverfront, there's like a whole bunch of stops. That's, that's mm-hmm. the most I know about. Yeah. But I've heard like at Bradley... There's like better Pokestops or something. You need like yeah. seven balls or something. Yeah, and I mean more densely populated places are going to have higher chance of having people drop lures and, and things like that. But I mean that's I think the safest way to do it right now. Plan out where you're going to go and keep your phone in that battery saver mode active so the application is running. You still get counted for your walks and stuff like that. It won't count if you're going over 15 miles an hour, I heard. I'm not sure if that's true. Because um, I, th- I saw it said it, it takes into consideration how fast you're going. Yeah. And, like, the activity that your phone monitors if you're actually... Right. Because if you're just, like, on a car, obviously you're not going to be having activity like you would if you're walking. Right. So, yeah, I've heard that, that it takes those into consideration, so mm-hmm. cheaters or whatever. Exactly. And and um, we, we've been reading about it, and my wife is into the game, too. So we actually tested this at our home. Um, she taped... She got a new phone, so we did this with an old phone. We taped the phone to one of the blades on our fan. <laughs> And she wanted to uh, try. And she wanted the old to, phone, right? The old, the old phone. phone. I, I wanted to make a point. It's the old phone. She was trying to hatch one of her eggs. Mm-hmm. So we taped it up there. We kept it on. Turned the fan on. Let it go for a little bit. It was going so fast that it didn't count it. But then we dangled a string down from the fan. <laughs> and tied the phone to that. And then when it went around there, it was going slower, and it counted it all. So I'm pretty sure she's at home right now hatching a bunch of eggs on her fan. That's hilarious. But it does take speed into consideration. I think if you utilize the Google map, you you know, you kind of point out where you're going to go, keep the battery saver on. Hey. That's next, a safe way to do it. Dude, next big invention right now. You make a, you, something that attaches to your fan, Pokemon Hatcher. Pokemon Hatcher, yeah. Dude. Listener, don't steal that. <laughs> Copyrighted. <laughs> Copyright. Alex Dewey. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it, it would be so much better if I didn't feel the need to consistently look at my phone. And I think there's a way that they can integrate that. And, you know, it, it'll be around for a while. And it's fun. So if you haven't gotten into it, give it a try. Even if you don't care for Pokemon. Mo- Molly didn't even know what Pokemon was. And she just enjoys catching the little creatures and going from place to place i mean how many ratatas have you got so far oh my gosh so many i saw a screenshot one guy had a bunch of zubats and you know how you can name each pokemon a different name mm-hmm. it was you could see all the zubats on the line he named each one so it made a sentence that said if i see another zubat i'm going to kill myself or something like that um it the game is fun right now it's new it's exciting it's going to get to a point i think that in unless they introduce some big changes and new features it's going to get to a point that people are going to get tired of it yeah right now it's everybody's hearing about it. it's been yeah. the news it's been on the papers and everything yeah and even restaurants are paying to have uh to request a pokestop really? or, or or rare pokemon to their location i heard so they can attract more business i mean that's the number one mobile game in in history within a week that's what that's what it said it's and on google play it already has 10 million downloads i can't even imagine how many iphone users it has it's i mean it's it's just ridiculous it's it's a craze and it's taking over but we just need to they're taking over they are they're taking over the world but we just need to 
we need to do it in a safe way. Right. That's the only thing. Well, I mean, that's my beef. If if you're going to take over the world, you can't really do it in a safe way. All right. So Pokemon Go has. These are just the number of reviews. Okay. So obviously, more people have downloaded it than have reviewed it. Sure. Fourteen thousand nine hundred thirty-eight reviews. Oh my. On iOS. So how many people leave a review though? Like one in every. Ten. If that, like I, I, I yeah. hardly ever review an app, honestly, um, unless it's terrible. Then yeah. I feel like a zero star. <laughs> unless it's terrible, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it doesn't, I can't see on, on my iOS app here how many actual downloads it's had so far, but 14,938 reviews is, it's quite, quite a bit. It's it's popular. And I think it's, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I, I did try my first battle the other day mm-hmm. because I haven't tried one yet. So there's a place, a gym here. Not too far away at the Mount Holly Bowling Alley area. Yeah, there's actually two Pokestops there, and if you position your car just right... Oh, that, good lord. Not that I know this, but I definitely do know this. <laughs> if you position your car or wherever you're in standing just right, you can actually get right in between both Pokestops. <clears throat> Would it kill a person to park the car, get out, walk from one to the other, and get someone kilometers? When it's 90 <clears throat> degrees outside, it might kill me over That's, time. This is true, it could. <laughs> It was pretty warm, but today it's 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 actually it's a beautiful, beautiful day outside like, today. Right now, if we weren't recording this, I'd be outside walking around because Same. it'd be it, a it's beautiful. Get some sun. Get some, yep. and you know people are okay. So on Facebook, you see people like, oh, I don't care about Pokemon Go yet, and it's like you know, there's the other memes that are like, ah, these kids at Pokemon Go better post this to Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like people. If you're not hurting somebody, then don't worry about it. It's yeah. it's okay. Exactly. Um, but the the biggest concern is people's safety. Like you've heard right. about people dropping lures and then doing robbing nefarious people. things, yeah, yeah, like robbing people. And you just gotta be aware. Like, yep. The people that play this obviously are gamers, right? And some gamers have maybe less experience with a lot of other people, like face to face interactions, yeah. because they prefer, you know, to just spend their time playing games with people online, and things like that. But when you get in the real world. And you mix those two things, and you're playing this game. You're you're distracted by that. You're not really aware of what's happening. Right. So you gotta be aware of what's happening around you. Be aware of people coming around. Yep. If you're doing it at night, just have people with you. You know, yeah. don't try to go down a weird dark alley for a a little yeah. zubat or whatever. No, you 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 will be tempted by the electabuzz by the power plant. But <laughs> if it's twelve o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. it's not a smart idea to go there, especially if a lure has been dropped there. The lure is not for the Pokemon. The lure is for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's a cool thing. I'm interested to see where it goes, honestly. Yeah. I think that it'll, I, it it'll die like, down soon. And it seems like they put out the minimum viable product. Exactly. Because they want to build on it. Mm-hmm. They want to see what kind of reception it's going to get. And it's had at least two updates on my iOS so far because yeah, it was really... For, for bugs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was crashing all over the Same. place uh, yeah. originally, but... It's been more stable now, I think, but I don't yeah. know for sure. And, I mean, they're continuing to release to different countries every day. Um, so it, I think it's going to get to the point that it's going to get really big. But that also leaves a safety concern. I mean, there was an article that went on in our company newsletter today mm-hmm. about how... They're going to be a target for... Yeah, they're going to yeah. be a target for hackers. And I don't know if you noticed, at least for Android users anyway, it asks for access to your contacts. I'm not sure why it would need access to your contacts, but it's actually not a requirement of the game. So if you go into your app, you can turn off that permissions. That would probably be the safe way because then they wouldn't have access to any of your contacts to sell phone numbers, emails, uh, you know, your birth dates or anything like that. So just just be aware. It's it's a fun game. Everybody that doesn't get it, just let us have our fun. 
right? So Be where, safe about it. Where in the settings do you go, just so our listeners know? For the settings for, oh, for the Android. Mm-hmm. At, at least on my phone, I go into the settings, I find my application manager, okay. and select Pokemon Go. There's a little field in there that says uh, all the permissions that you've granted to that app. It, it does your location, obviously, for GPS, your camera if you want to take the augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs your storage access so it can write those photos that you take to your memory. And then also ask for your contacts. Now, you can actually get by with just location. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to use the augmented reality, but even if you do just location and camera, take a screenshot. It doesn't need access to write to your storage device or right. everything on your. You could take a screenshot and have the same effect. So, with iOS, if you go to your settings and you go to Pokemon Go, you got location while using, camera notifications, and cellular data is the only ones I see. Wow, good. That's better. But it doesn't mean that it's not taking that data otherwise. Right. So, who knows how it works. Yeah, when something gets this big, uh, you know, easily a prime target for hackers. So, yeah. again, let's just be safe about it and catch them all, man. <laughs> Gotta be the very best. <sighs> if I see another Caterpie, Zubat, Pidgey, Weedle. <sighs> hey, I got the the third evolution of the Pidgey, though. Oh, yeah, the Pidgey, yeah, nice. Because I got so many of them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Actually, there was uh, an Electabuzz out behind our, uh, out behind here yesterday, um, Mike and I took a walk uh, right after we got off work. Took a walk out there a little bit. We caught it. It was great. It's just things like that. It's really fun. So if you, can you both catch it or if one of you catches it, it's gone? Uh, We both were able to catch it. And from what we've been able to kind of. Someone dropped a lure over there. Ooh, there is a lure. (laughs) It's because it's lunchtime, Uh right? Everybody's going on their lunch. Um, But for, for a Pokemon that pops up from what we've seen is when it pops up. What is that one? That is a male Nidoran decent it evolves well but um as soon as that pokemon is caught the first time by anybody Mm -hmm. you have 10 minutes before it disappears roughly around 10 minutes so so dear listener i'm showing alex my my pokemon list so far nice magmar (laughs) that's good so my top three are a cp 461 pidgeot uh cp 364 magmar and a cp 278 jolteon and right under that is a bell sprout. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? People are like crazy good on their combat power. Like, there's another, an older guy here at work that was playing because he overheard uh, us talking about it a little bit. It comes by and I show him my Pokemon. He's like, oh, that's so weak. And he goes and gets his phone and comes back. He's got a Pokemon that's over 1,000 combat power. And it's just like, everybody's in on this. It's really fun. It's really exciting. And it's getting people to socialize. You know, based on some common interest where you wouldn't normally be able to socialize. Every single time I go to a Pokestop, there's almost someone else there. Mm-hmm. Every single time. And if there's a lure there, forget about it. It's like a meeting. Forget about forget it. Forget about it. It's like it, it's like a social gathering at that point. You know what I mean? And everybody that I've ran into has been very nice about everything. There's always that one guy that's like, this is just really sad. But at the same time, they're there doing it too. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, it's funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I was listening, or not listening, but on either Facebook or Twitter, one of the guys that uh, has actually been on the show, uh, Tim Van Atru yeah. from the uh, Comic Nerds Unite podcast and the Star Wars Nerds Unite podcast, he he is in the Washington area, mm-hmm. Washington, Illinois, and in the square there, I guess there's a couple pokey stops and one of the early nights, he was like, somebody dropped a lure, and there's like 15 people out here at like, you know, 10 at night, they were all playing Pokemon. I mean, it's probably just grown since then, but it's just really oh crazy. It's kind of cool. 
um, that it's bringing people out and, you know, like you said, socializing a little bit in this common interest that you're like, hey, you, you like Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can form a friendship, you know, and exactly. go from there. It's it's really cool. Uh, really social. The integration that they have is interesting. But, you know, we've talked about Pokemon for a long oh, time. Man, I don't think we've talked about it enough. I could go on forever. <laughs> But uh, as far as things other than Pokemon that you've been entertained by, has there been much? Yeah, I, um, I heard a lot about Overwatch, so I recently purchased that. Um, it's a it's a Blizzard game, you know, first-person shooter. I was into WoW for a little bit, so, you know, I kind of got that aspect going. It's like a first-person shooter with MMO aspects to mm-hmm. it, or, or RPG aspects to it. Um, it's entertaining, and it's a PvP, soul PvP game, so it's... Perfect, right up my alley. Right. Um, it's an acquired taste, I think. It's a different kind of play style for a first-person shooter. It's not your typical Call of Duty or even in a Halo. It's completely different, I think, than both. More Halo, I mm-hmm. think, than Call of Duty. But there's lots of different characters. I think there's like 20-some heroes that you can play with. Each one is different. So it's an acquired taste, and it, it takes a good amount of time to put into the game to figure out you know, how to use each hero, and there's a lot going on at the same time be- because there's all these different types of heroes, but I definitely see the attraction to the game. I can see the competitiveness of the game. There are people that are very, very good, and it does take a considerable amount of skill mm-hmm. to be good at the game. So I need to play it a little bit longer before I can give a good uh, get a good impression going, but from what I've played so far, it's pretty entertaining. Cool. Yeah. What about you? So, the only game that I've really played recently is because I saw one of the people on my friends list uh, play it. I didn't have my hard drive yet where all my Xbox games are. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, you know, I'll just download this real quick because it's not that big. It is Rise, Son of Rome. Have you ever played that? No. It was a launch game for the it Xbox. It sounds game. like it'd be a lot bigger. <laughs> right? like... Well, I mean, it was like 6 gig, you <laughs> okay. know, as opposed to like 70 for yeah, Batman okay. or something Yeah, okay, that's what like I was that. thinking. So, uh, it was... Uh, it's it's actually a pretty decent game if you like the whole kind of combat that you would get with Shadow of Mordor or Arkham Knight sure. like that. And set in Rome, obviously, mm-hmm. like you're a Roman centurion. Nice. So I played the I played it a long time ago when the Xbox first came out. It's a good graphic game, like graphical. It's by uh, Crytek or not by it's not by it uses Crytek. Okay. Which is you know Far Cry and mm-hmm. uh, all those. They it it's one of those games where it's not. An amazing game, no, but it's not bad. Yeah. And so I was going through, I did the first couple levels as le- in Legendary after I remembered how to play the game because it had been 2013 before I popped it in just recently. Nice. And because I was looking at the last achievement, it was like in 2013 in, in November. And now it's like 2016. There's like a big three-year gap between the two. But I saw, okay. <laughs> right? I saw another, another guy online getting some. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that too. And so we played a little bit of uh, some fun. multiplayer stuff because there's multiplayer in it. And that's the extent of my gaming, other than doing my little bit of Pokemon Go that I've been mm-hmm. doing. Obviously, not as good as you with Pokemon. I just, but. I just catch all, all of them every time I see. It doesn't matter. It's just fun. Have you ran out of Pokeballs yet? I did, yeah. but I haven't. But again, though, because of that Google Opinion Rewards app, I have enough... In my Google Play account, that I are you actually have... spending money on the yeah, game? Yeah, absolutely. How much? Okay, have you spent? I'm no longer renting movies with that money. <laughs> I am now purchasing Poke Coins, which translate into Poke Balls, <laughs> or lure modules, right? Or lure modules. Yeah, I mean, you get them when you level up, but it's just sometimes you run into tough ones. You need more, and sometimes you know I, I'm a bad throw. Whatever. If you throw them, you can tap the ball, maybe to get possibly it back. get it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time it seems I try to tap. 
the ball, it doesn't work the first time, so I tap it like crazy to try to salvage it, and then I end up throwing another ball, like just goes right to the ground. And then I end up with minus two balls, and I feel so bad. Oh, that's funny. Anyway. (laughs) So, how about we sidestep the whole Pokemon conversation, and let's go. Go? Into darkness. So, our entertaining thoughts for this week, Star Trek Into Darkness. What do you think? What What are your opinions of this movie? It's kind of divisive. It's, like uh, Mo said last week, he really likes the, the Star Trek 2009 mm-hmm. re- reboot. Yep. And then he didn't really care for this one. You know, I watched Into Darkness and I was like, you know what, this is actually better than I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole con thing is really kind of dumb. It doesn't... It doesn't do anything for me as somebody who knows the the pedigree, let's say, or mm-hmm. the history of the Star Trek movies. And it's just, it was an interesting story. There was just too much reliance on people knowing who Khan is or having a little bit of a weight attached to that name. So okay, so let me let me speak to that real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Trekkie. I do not know who Khan is, and. I liked Into Darkness better than the original Star Trek. And it was because, maybe because I'm a little bit biased toward Benedict Cumberbatch because he's Benedict great. Cumberbatch. But I thoroughly enjoyed him as the main antagonist as opposed to, like, an entity of, like, in the Is, first one. It, was he the main antagonist? I mean, you could make a case that the Admiral was the one that orchestrated everything. But, I mean... Darth Vader was the main antagonist for a really long time. The Emperor was kind of the one pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoyed Khan's character, and I think that was what was missing from the first one. And from what I can tell from, not to jump ahead to Beyond, but I think they're going to do the same type of thing, which would make Beyond very good as well. I liked just the, uh, the music, I think, was uh, well-placed mm-hmm. in this one. As opposed to the, not that it was bad in the first one, I just thought it was more well placed in this one. And I don't know if Michael uh, Giacchino did the uh, did the both. music. He did both. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean he's doing the next one too. I, I love him. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite. Um, but I'm not a Trekkie by any means, so I, I don't have any relation to Khan. I don't know that it was really impactful. I think when um, Leonard Nimoy got on the screen, and, and it, again, I'm not a Trekkie. I don't know too much about his backstory, but you know I like him as a person, him as an actor. And he was talking about Khan, they're in alternate reality now, and he's like, you know, he's talking about that. It just kind of gets you thinking. I don't know what happened with Khan, but to kind of bring a character back like that in an alternate reality, I mean, Spock kind of deemed him as the big bad. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's the most dangerous nemesis that the Enterprise has ever faced. Yeah. That strikes a chord, right? And that makes it, gives him so much more credibility Mm -hmm. than at the beginning, when he was, what, John Harrison? Right, John Harrison who? Exactly. So, the, him saying his name is Khan for you as someone who doesn't know the Star Trek lore doesn't really do anything, right? No. But the original Spock... But it didn't take anything away, did it? No. No. And, and the original Spock, Spock Prime, I think they're calling him, right? Spock Prime saying that it was the most dangerous nemesis that the Enterprise has ever faced, that gives credibility to that name when you don't know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch did an amazing job. I thought... They took Star Trek to a, a new dark place. 
They went darkness. into darkness. <laughs> in, in a particular scene when he goes after the Admiral and he cracks his head, that takes it to a new level of darkness, right? That I don't remember seeing in some of the next generation TV shows oh, no, that I watched sure. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a different tone. And that makes it more adult to me, more, uh, more. Um, I don't know, I can get into those types of movies. I think they're go- they're all going darker now, right? It's darker, darker, darker. Dark Knight, Batman versus Superman, just goes dark, dark, dark. But it's good, and I'm a big fan of the reboots now. Um, it's caused me to watch some of the older movies, and I've enjoyed those too. So you said you're a big fan of the reboots in general, or just the Star Trek reboots? Um, okay, let me clarify. I specifically mean the Star Trek reboot. Okay. The reboots movies, meaning the one in 2009 and 2013. Okay. I, I'm going to formulate my own opinion on each reboot as it comes out i'm not opposed to them being remade or you know rebooted or whatever because you know what whatever movie that came out that i still love and enjoy that still exists nothing's gonna be and that's not going anywhere Mm -hmm. you know what i mean if someone wants to try again whatever maybe i like it maybe i don't but so far these are really good action-packed high quality Sci- sci-fi movies. And these first two movies were directed by J.J. Abrams. Correct. Let's say first two. The 2009 and Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. The next one won't be. I think it's by Justin Lin, the Fast and Furious guy. Yeah, it, it's definitely uh, definitely an odd choice for the director. I heard that Jonathan Frax, or Frakes was interested in it. That would have been maybe more of a logical choice from a, a Star Trek point of view, just because he's been around it longer. And he's made him, yeah. Yeah, Um but, I mean, maybe they wanted to go for something different, right? Maybe that's the point. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. So, with this movie, mm-hmm. what did with with the opening scene when they clearly violated the Prime Directive, right? Yeah. And they stole the thing and the indigenous species on. What did you think of that whole scene with the Enterprise hiding underneath and emerging from the sea and everything? I, I thought the music and the crescendo and everything was just really good put together for that scene. Yes. Well-placed uh, music, as I said before. Um, definitely, like, you get more of an insight on what a mission would be if you were on the USS Enterprise. Um, and I think it, it sets the tone for the type of character development that we're going to see throughout the movie. Instantly, with Spock and Kirk, or Spock's relationship, that's, that's, that's clearly a foreshadowing for what kind of emotions they're going to go through so we can reference that at the beginning of the movie. Perfect opening. Mm-hmm. Perfect opening. I really, I thought it was cool. Um, the one thing I didn't like, though, that was really heavy-handed foreshadowing mm-hmm. was when uh, Bones injects the triple with the blood. Yeah. Because it, it felt really out of place for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, later on, then everybody's like, oh, Spock or Kirk's dead. And then the triple comes back to life. And just like, yeah. that was very heavy-handed. I, I mean, did anyone believe that Kirk was going to die, though? I mean, See, here's the problem that. with some of these things. Like, Spock didn't... Okay, so this is... They did a movie, The Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that movie, I believe... Yeah, it was a movie. Spock died. And that's the one where the scene kind of mirrors the scene that we see in Into yeah. Darkness, where they have the, the, the glass, the glass between. between them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did Spock actually die? He died in that movie. Okay. But then they brought him back the second or the next movie. The Search for Spock was the next movie. Man. See. Nobody dies in these universes. I appreciate that, right? I appreciate the reboots and what they're trying to do and the fact they want these characters to live on forever. 
but they can't live on forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're going to do a reboot, you've established a decent alternate reality, everyone should be vulnerable. Everyone should be susceptible to death, to misfortune, to anything. That would make them so much more entertaining. Mm-hmm. That would that would make it so much more, I'd be on the edge of my seat going, is Spock going to actually die? Or if, if I knew that going in, I might have believed that Kirk died at the end. I mean, he was dead, dead for a considerable amount of mm-hmm. time. Well, right? Bowen says you were only dead for a minute or whatever, right? Right, but I mean, like, on screen, I mean, you clearly see the expression on his face is without expression. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think, and as far as the actors go, Chris Pine does a fine job. I can definitely see why he was chosen as the actor uh, physically because mm-hmm. he has some very William Shatner-looking moments when William Shatner was younger. Um, but I think he tries a little bit too hard to encompass Shatner's version of Kirk. And I've only seen limited footage of that Kirk. But you hear the legend of Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. I don't get that with Chris Pine. I don't see this being a character that is going to stick out and, and be legendary. So I think he tries a little too hard. Um, Zachary Quinto, on the other hand, good. that dude is gold, man. Mm-hmm. That was a perfect choice. He he did a lot. Of, he spent a lot of time, I read, with Leonard Nimoy. Definitely paid off. Definitely paid off. So the acting is decent. They, mm-hmm. get, they got a good cast of characters. I just wish it was more realistic in terms of well, I can't die. I'm Captain Kirk. Well, man, that's not how it is in the real world. Mm-hmm. So, so in this movie, the I thought it was obviously the Starfleet is at this point not a military thing, right? So, a whole big plot of this is the one admiral says, "Hey, the Klingons are going to attack us. We need to be defensive, or technically offensive, mm-hmm. with the creation of that huge ship. With it being created like out in Jupiter, you know, in the out there." Why do you think that it was such a hard sell or that it was like a blacklist operation to build that ship? Do you think it was just because it was against everything Starfleet stood for at that point? Yeah, I mean, that would be the logical explanation. Or maybe maybe he was going to try to just end up taking over Starfleet. And then at, at the point when they realized that that's what he was trying to do, he would have a ship so powerful that it didn't matter if they tried to stop him. Because, I mean, he released someone that would have the, the knowledge of this technology and be able to help him, only him, advance it. But at the same time, he released someone that would have been smart enough to kill off all of his competition. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he kind of pits everybody against each other. And in the end, he's expecting that everyone's dead, I'm the only one left, and I have the most powerful ship ever created, and that ever will be created for X amount of years before you guys figure out what kind of technology I have. I'm the ultimate in the universe. Mm-hmm. It's just a power trip. I mean, and, and that's why you could definitely make the case that he is the big bad. You know what I mean? But I just enjoy Benedict, Benedict. Cumberbatch so much better. I mean, his first line in the movie when he's like, I, I can, can save, save her. her. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, yes, when I heard his voice. It was mm-hmm. amazing. That open, that scene where he's introduced is actually a really touching scene, too, because there's, like, no vocals or no you know right. people saying anything until that point right uh and obviously it starts out he just uses his blood his super blood to to heal whatever cures Mm -hmm. um but with benedict cumberbatch his character he sets off the bomb which then 
everybody convenes in that one room, and he tries to take out all the admirals there. The one admiral wasn't counting on that because he was in there. He was hiding from, you know, behind a pillar at one point, the, mm-hmm. the big bad admiral. And then it was after this where he kind of is kind of slowly revealed as the duplicitous man. Yeah. So, obviously, I wonder what happened that how Khan got away from this guy. And, yeah. you know, just kind of came to be. But I think it was kind of a cool reference from the first movie that the, the trans... Uh, galactic transporter thing that Benedict uses to Khan uses to get to Kronos is yeah. developed in the first or in the 2009 movie right. so it's pretty cool so I really the the character of Khan was well acted obviously Benedict Cumberbatch you can't really go wrong with right. his acting and I thought that it was it was just well done. Like, all together, the cinematography looked really good. Mm-hmm. The CG that they used looked pretty good. Like, you could tell things, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, total green screen fanfare type thing, you know? Right. But at the same time, you could tell there was a lot of uh, practical makeup and things like that that they used as mm-hmm. well, which is great. Which you saw in Star Wars The Force Awakens, too, which right. J.J. directed after this. And you want it to look real, right? You don't want everybody to look like they're computerized characters. Mm-hmm. You want the makeup to be real. You want them to appear as if they're these alien species because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. So you've seen you've seen all the older Star Trek movies or most of them or some most, of the TV shows. Yeah. So did did the character of Khan ruin something? Is that why everybody was up in arms? I, I guess it, try, try try to explain to me why everybody all the Trekkies are against the reboots. What is it doing that is destroying their nostalgic stories? Or it is an alternate reality. So again, they're not taking anything mm-hmm. away from what any of the events that happen. It's not like X3 here, okay? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what is it that they're up in arms about? I honestly don't understand it completely. Um, but I would think that they just th- they held the character of Khan in high regard. And the first movie was just literally about him. Mm-hmm. So this one, there's a subplot with the Admiral and everything else that was okay. done to bring him out. Maybe... I think it might have even been better if they did a movie that was just Khan mm-hmm. coming to wreck Starfleet and being like, you guys are inferior, and then fighting back against Khan, making him more the only bad. But, I mean, they leave that story open. Oh, yeah, so you he's frozen, I mean? right? He's that could frozen. happen. Exactly. In the same way that, wasn't he exiled or something? Mm-hmm. And, and then he came back, right? He was exiled in an episode, a TV episode, right? And then he came so. back for the wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Okay, after Beyond the Wrath of Khan, part two. You know what I mean? And he comes back again. The whole movie's about him. The return of John Harris. Yeah. The return <laughs> of John Harris. And they leave that door open. They didn't take anything away from what happened. I guess I just don't. Yeah. I don't see the disconnect. I mean, to me, I loved the 2009 movie. I thought it was really well done, really great. Mm-hmm. This movie wasn't maybe quite as good as that just because it was the first one was so impactful you get the new crew you get the introduction right. you get the origin story right and this one they just kind of amp it up or try to amp it up a little bit but so it's are, kind of a thin plot are you going to feel the same way about uh star wars then when episode eight comes out are you going to say that like a uh, story aside mm-hmm. seven is going to be superior because we waited so long to see those characters again and the impact of seeing them on the screen for the first time, hearing and seeing everything all over again, was so impactful because of that nostalgia that the movie itself is going to be the best. I don't know. 
I mean, honestly, you can't tell them they're there. It's tough, right? Yeah. It's tough. I mean, because we did wait a long time for that. We did wait, you know, years to mm-hmm. see Harrison Ford again, to see Mark Hamill, to right. see Carrie Fisher. With this one, with the 2009 movie, we got Spock from the original cast. Right. But that's that's the only one. But they built this new cast. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are some analogies that you could, or analogs that you can see between the two of them, but... I mean, it's hard to say. The Force Awakens was excellent. Like, it was just all around, like, nostalgia, acting, quality of everything in the movie new was... people coming in. Yeah. yeah the, the transit, passing yeah. of the torch. Mm-hmm. Good buildup of all the new yeah. characters. The Star Trek is the same way. The, this new crew, you feel attached to them. Mm-hmm. You feel attached to everybody. And I think that that's probably... This is my generation, for sure, Star Trek. Yeah. The previous generation was like, you know, Picard and things like that. Yeah. But even though I love Picard, he's he's my guy. He's my captain. Yeah. And then the generation before that is Kirk. Right. So. I missed out on that generation. I got a little Picard in my teenage years. Captain Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc Picard yeah. of the USS and, and, Enterprise. And Data. It, it, yeah. That was my teenage. But this is definitely... Mm-hmm. more modernized and i again i wasn't sitting around waiting for these characters to mm-hmm. come out there was no nostalgic feeling for me when i saw them on the screen so i'm just basing it on story from you know the 2009 movie to this one i like this one better yeah it's a good movie i think they pack more of a punch in the time because they didn't have to spend time setting up a you know a story or the crew or anything like that it's just boom from the go so but here's the thing right so compare, we just got Star Wars yep. last year in, in December. This year we're getting Star Trek Beyond in a week. Yep. Maybe I'm just not in the right circles, but online and social media and things like that, I'm not seeing the fervor at all. Oh, no. That you would see for, no, that you saw for Star Wars. At no, all. You, you can't even compare it. But yeah, this is the third one in this one. So, you know, it's the culmination of a trilogy or things like that, right? Why why don't we have clamoring fans? Are we going to have a disappointing third movie? I'm actually not expecting, from the trailers that I've seen, I'm actually not expecting too much from this movie. It looks like Fast and Furious in space. It does. It, I think there's too much on the ground, motorcycling, martial art type thing. Not the space with the, you know, the the phasers and, you know, things like that, which I would think would be more in line with the Star Trek theme. Um, I'm not expecting too much out of it. And I, and I think maybe the difference between this and Star Wars is these, these clamoring fans that have been wanting Star Wars for 30 years, the Star Trek fans have been saying, do not make a remake. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. And, you know, I, I, they're just trying to appeal maybe to... Brought around it. Yeah, yeah, with this new reboot, but the, the their core fans, they're not getting those fans. Mm-hmm. And they should maybe do, maybe there's a middle ground they could find. A middle ground. You know what I mean? They need to find something where they can appeal the, the Trek fans first and then find some way to make it appealing to the masses. Mm-hmm. Then you have a successful franchise. Because if you look at the numbers for these movies, they each carry like a $150 million budget, but they only do four four fifty. In, in box office sales, that's that's not like the two billion that Star Wars did with the same you know you know a little bit more budget, that doesn't even come close ratio wise. Mm-hmm. So something's not something's not paying off. Yeah. But yet here we are, they're ready to come out with a third one. And I heard that Kirk and Spock have already signed on 
contract to do a fourth one if they decide to make one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those two people aren't going to die. <laughs> so exactly. don't be fooled by anything that you see in the movie. They need to. Th- this one needs to be some kind of impactful death. Mm-hmm. Needs to happen in this one, and I hope that big bad. I think Idris Elba is playing him. He's a pretty good actor. Um, Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's it, also in Thor. Yeah. It, yeah. It, they got to make him good. They got to make this this villain menacing. From some of the trailers, it looks like it could go there. Um, I'm not sure how many times the Enterprise can keep getting blown up, blown up, and, and then it's just fine. I mean, oh, they build new ones. Not the same though, man. It's <laughs> got to be the same one. It's got to be the Millennium Falcon, just 30 years later, sitting in a junkyard, hasn't flown. It's got to be that one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, we will see. I'm I'm actually kind of excited about it though because it's going to be high quality, sci-fi action, with awesome music. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be good. So that'll be next week. Star Trek Beyond. At least I think it's next week. Pretty sure. So, you can follow Alex on Twitter and on Xbox, D-O-U-E-1-H-1. You can follow me on Xbox, Spider Jedi, on Twitter at Sith Nightmare. The show is on X... The show is on Twitter (laughs) at Entertaining Pod, and you can send us an email, that'sentertaining at gmail.com. Recently on the site, a friend of ours from the Fluxipose podcast, Lucas Rose, he wrote us a review for a VR game that is on that's entertaining.net so go check that out and let us know what you thought of lucas's review other than that ladies and gentlemen that'll do it for us this week we thank you for listening and we hope that you have been entertained You've got Genesis. But you don't have me. You are going to kill me, Khan. You're going to have to come down here. You're going to have to come down here. I've done far worse than kill you. I've hurt you. And I wish to go on hurting you. I shall leave you as you left me.